Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party. Driven by Munganass, St. Louis Sack. You're Munganass, Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. And uh, you are, not me, you are celebrating 25 years of me in this market. And yet still looking like I'm like 23 in part because of the height situation. Yeah, but just uh, nice tight skin. Yeah. You know, you're not like... I think that's my moisturizer. You moisturize? You got a skincare routine? I always routine? have. Drop. I just did, I didn't, I did just always have. Drop that skincare routine on us. Uh, Aveeno, uh, no, uh, no fragrance whatsoever. That's the key. But see, when you have... Here, let me show... Let me. This is for the ladies up in the balcony. I'm going to take off my hat. And you're going to see a concave skull. Right. But when you take it and you slather it on your hands, what mm-hmm. I do, I did, you got hair now, Brad. I know, I know. So I just, I, it's just all, and that's how I, I it's like all, in my morning, I, it's like, oh, all over my face and my chest is what I say, and my chest. Right, right. And I just rub it in. Yeah. And so now at 47, people go, you're 47? And now I feel like Dick Clark. Because people always thought Dick Clark couldn't figure out how old he was. And that's yeah. great. But then at the same time, I'm like, eh, I'm 47. And then I got a, I got a two-year-old and a six-year-old, and people are like, oh, God, you're screwed. You see what I'm saying? I get that. Question. So what would you rather be? Would you rather be like 30 with a two-year-old and six-year-old but look like, you know, you're 47? Or would you rather be 47 with a two- and six-year-old but then perhaps look like what you said? I look like I'm 23. Hmm. Boy, that's a nice philosophical question. Yeah, <laughs> do with that what you want. I'd probably go 30 just because, you know, 17 years, you know, you're getting 17 years. You know, if it was like 40 or 47, yeah, that's then the it's thing. a different story. But 30. I'm gone. Yeah. I'm gone here soon. You know, um, I mean, this might be the last balloon party. Why do you have your fingers crossed anyway? Well, you never know. Do you have a humidifier in your home? I Unique non sequitur, but I'll, I'll take it and answer it. I believe uh, that in our two-year-old's room for when he is ill, there is a humidifier. I think that's important with skincare because I know my I don't have one in my apartment, and I know my skin gets dried out in the in the winter. But time. you have lovely supple skin. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pale, but it is lovely. Yeah, it's a commentary on the tone. It's never, just, it's supple. Never had a, never had a pimple. Never once had a pimple. Wow. Never once had that. The audience will wish pimples on you. This is a you know I saw I, I hate paper straws in the YouTube chats. One on ESPN. Uh, YouTube channel going on in there. You can talk it over with friends of the feather. Uh, that I hate paper straws said this, and I share I hate paper straws observation. And I actually said this to Jackson on our award-winning HD2 program the morning after, celebrating its 20th anniversary. Slow day in sports yesterday. Interested to see where this goes. I hate paper straws has skepticism. Nay, cynicism as to what the little piddles takeoff Tuesday could be today. 
And I said to Jackson on TMA, I said, today might be a day where I might need to go up to $50 for a deep dive mm-hmm. to our audience. And Jackson said, nah, I got you, bro. I got you, bro. And I'm like, okay, so this is... Let me take you back to, was it 1976, 1977? Somebody will check on that. Star Wars came out. And Luke Skywalker, not Luther Campbell of so horny fame, but rather uh, that cute Mark Hamlin. Hamill. Scott Hamilton. <laughs> was flying his ship through And Ben Kenobi, who I believe was knighted. Was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the actor's name. I think it's Sir Alec Baldwin. Sir Alec McGinnis? Baldwin. And he just kept saying, use the force. Use the force. I think that's what he said. Either way, faith, character, core. team first, and core values. Those are the four core pillars. 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 So that's what I'm doing here. I have faith in Jackson for an incredible little piddles take off Tuesday. I have no idea none what you have prepared here. I'm flying blind. Today, this is improv. This is Second City is what this is. Because I don't know what you could buy. Blues and Blue Jackets, Jim Dandy of a game before the All-Star break. What could you possibly have on that? They got two weeks in between football games. Your Missouri basketball team, right. St. Louis University. I mean, I, I, I don't know. So I am anxious to see what you have prepared for this audience and your loyal co-host today on Balloon Party. Sir, this is your floor. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jackson Bennett Burkett. Well, today I was actually very fortunate because 101 contributor and writer for The Athletic, the Cardinals writer for The Athletic, Katie Wu, released the Cardinals fan survey. How do you feel about that? Color me intrigued. And all I saw when I saw that... Color me intrigued. I said, first I said, thank you, Katie Wu, because... Thank you, Katie Wu. This was much needed. And second, a lot of red meat. Now, I sent you in the links this morning the survey because, unfortunately, on my cell phone, the questions are not popping up. Uh, Google Forms. It's a whole thing. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm doing it on the fly. I'm doing it on the fly. I'm doing it on the fly. But I think you will have better luck on your laptop. All right. I'm going into my account. I got to close down browsers. Okay. Okay. Do you can you remember a question off the top of your head while I close out my my plan? Version Kitty. (laughs) My plan was to. have a question ready, but it's all on the survey, and it's just, and as you can see, Tim, it's just, it's just not, it's just not working for me, and it's super lovely when that happens, like when you're live on the air, when it worked beforehand. Well, this delay tactic that you're utilizing right now by just conveying your fear is wonderful because it's bought me time to get to the survey. I haven't read this, so I can't wait to see what we got here. Yeah, it's good Cardinals stuff. fan survey, how do you feel about the state of the franchise? I can't wait. Have you read it? Yeah, I read through, I like, I wanted to like kind of be fresh and organic with some of it. So I just read through the questions, but I didn't go in depth on the options. I can't wait. Yeah, this is good. This is good stuff. All right. So do you have questions from this or do you just want me to go through it? I kind of, I just kind of. You're El Capitan today. You're El Presidente, as Tony LaRusso used to say about Edgar Renteria. I just kind of wanted to go through it because I think there's a lot of interesting topics that, you know, could come up. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious where fans are going to be and All we right. can kind of forecast that. I'm trying that. to scroll slowly so I don't see the answers. Uh, no, this is just this is the this is the first round, kind of like Jr.'s Blues fan survey. As people, oh, so people haven't given the answers yet, right? Okay, all right, right here we go. All right, here we go. First question. So I don't even need to scroll slowly. How would you describe your level of disappointment in the twenty twenty three season? 
here are our options. Once again, this is on theathletic.com from uh, 101 ESPN contributor Katie Wu. I've never been more disappointed by a Cardinal season. That's our first option. They were out of it early, so the disappointment also faded early. Didn't enjoy it, but a losing season was bound to happen at some point. I'm not disappointed. I'm angry or other. Jackson, where do you fall? Probably that second option of because it was so bad so early, it kind of made the death a little bit more palatable. I don't know. I would have much preferred them to be competitive come August and then maybe faltered in September. But I would say that second option is is most aligned with my thoughts on it. I feel like my real honest answer would probably be other, and then I would write like 5,000 words and they go, <laughs> oh boy, we need to get this guy an institution. <laughs> but to take it from just the options, uh, it would either be, God, I don't know if I could describe myself as angry. Yeah, that's t- it's tough to be like legitimately angry on the sports topic. I'm not disappointed. I'm frustrated, confused, and with relative to baseball, not relative to life, concerned. Mm-hmm. That that would be the way I would concerned describe it. Not angry because yeah. that's just you know I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I I think there may be a macro issue mm-hmm. that means potential problems at the same time i could be overstating it i I think i think at the the core and i don't know how you would describe this i think for fans i think the, the greatest source of frustration about last year is a lot of people well in advance of the team being out of it were saying in either february or march what what the hell is this pitching staff right i mean i can i know i've said it god only knows how many times but I just remember being in Jupiter, can picture where I was doing the show down there, and reading this stuff about Jack Flaherty and going, what in the world has Jack Flaherty done in 2020, 2021, and 2022 to make you go, he's the guy in 2023? I just don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, yeah, if he can return to like what he was in the first few starts of 20 or the last start, the second half of 2019, but it's 2023 and we're talking about this. And I was confused by the offseason. And so now we have another offseason where I would imagine most people would say they're confused or disappointed or maybe angry. Some would say they're angry. And so when you keep having these, that the the, the, I think the thing that bothers me more is that this the Cardinal organization, I don't know if it bothers me so much as it's just an observation from living here all my life and doing what I've done now for a quarter of a century, and you call it a Hall of Fame career. Oh, I mean, yeah. I agree with you, but I don't want to say it myself. That the, the Cardinals used to be like a like the one thing we all had. It was the thing that kind of brought everybody together. A uniting force. Yeah. And it, and it was bigger than anything else in the region. And, it, and now it's... It's kind of a source of anger and frustration and eye rolling and you know, they're talking, but we don't believe them. Mm-hmm. So I realize that's why I would have to fall into the other category, but that's how I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't all that surprising. Yeah. I mean, the concern, you know I mean? The, the problems the Cardinals had last year were the exact concerns fans right. had in January and February. Right. And in the blues, the same season, mm-hmm. there was a lot of, I mean, again, we see all these texts and a lot of people well before the, that season fell apart last year for the blues. Now I'm talking about 
were like, why didn't they bring back Perron? This is going to be a real problem. And then the thing is as streaky as it was at the outset of the 22-23 season, and fans are going, this is what we were concerned about. Well, the pitching thing was even bigger. And... And, and and to isolate it to one player in what was a signature moment of the previous offseason, Nolan Arenado choosing not to opt out, and you're going, okay. And then John Mazalak himself saying, we are going to increase our payroll. And so now you've you've set the stage for this big offseason, and then you don't do a damn thing no. to tend to the pitching. You just go, what is going on? And here's the thing. For me personally, I believe they had every intention of doing so. I really do. Now, maybe that makes me a mark, and I'm sure some of you will say, yeah, you're a mark, you're a fool, this guy's pocketing money and all that stuff. I don't believe that. I really do believe they intended to do so. And I think a couple of things contributed to it more so than uh, any others, and that is the price of pitching at a, at a spot that they didn't expect it to go, and then also the television situation became a bigger concern than it was at the start of the offseason. I also think running parallel to that was they anticipated trading for Sean Murphy and then allocating those free agent dollars for a pitcher. Mm-hmm. With that all established still, I just don't know how you go into that year on a strategy of hope. And now the strategy is hopeful for the bullpen for the 2024 season. Yeah. But Which since is, a bullpen isn't as glaring as right. a rotation, I think yeah. that one can kind of like backdoor totally. you into a sense of, you were agreeing with me on this. Yeah, can, so can, under the radar yeah. how the bullpen was a major concern last year and they've done not right. very little to tend to it. So I, don't, I just am going, what's, I, I just, what's really going on? Because I just don't operate on the premise that they're like, well, there's a place in Malibu we want to get, and so if we can, you know, squeeze out there, right. it's just not the way that it really, really works. So I just don't know what the hell's going on. And then it makes me go, okay, well then, what's really, really, really going on that's causing this? And I don't know. So that's where I am on that one. I can't wait to go through this. Well, this is gonna. This is the Tuesday. Ta- is this the Tuesday takeoff? Takeoff Tuesday? There's more, but this is. Uh, this was certainly. This was the lead 10, for seventeen. God, this was the first thing All for right. a reason. I got a break, so I can attempt to stay on track here. Uh, looking forward to going through more of this here and seeing where people are. You can give your answers to it. Three one four three nine 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 six four six. The YouTube chat very active as well. This is Balloon Party One Hundred ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Well, today on Balloon Party, it's a big win for Jackson because, you know, I mean, we've been working together now for how long? Feels like, what what do you say, 20 years? Three years and three months. Okay. A little less, but. And I said, you know what? I will blindly trust Jackson Burkett today. Mm Mm-hmm. And I stepped into these studios just solely using the force. And as it turns out, Takeoff Tuesday is indeed primed for takeoff. Tip yep. of the cap to you, sir. That was tip of the cap to Katie Wu. Yeah, she saved the day. Big time. So big I'm time. just scrolling through it one by one. I didn't, go, I didn't even look at it during the commercial break. Here we go. Next question. What was the biggest problem for the Cardinals in 2023? Here are Katie's options. The article's on theathletic.com. Overall roster construction, player performance or lack thereof, the coaching staff, pitching, 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 or other. Jackson, your answer. Pitching, pitching, pitching. Yeah, I, this, I, I thought right when I saw overall roster construction, I go, that's it. Then go pitching, pitching, pitching. But because in terms of I, roster, I, 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 I guess I'd still go overall roster construction. I, I'm I'm a little bit more bullish on the. Uh, on okay, the, on here, I'm gonna. You're gonna stand down just so you know what's about to happen to you. I'm gonna Nostradamus your ass. Okay. Remember the guy whose effort was called out in public at a press conference in the first week of the season and now is talking about in interviews how that caused a little bit of a problem? Sure. His name's Tyler O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he was the starting center fielder last year for 
four games, but he was. No, I know. Yeah, I get that. So, I mean, yeah, you can the pitch. Yeah, I mean, if 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 I weren't given overall roster construction, I would give pitching, pitching, pitching. But you had you had issues with the outfield as well. Certainly. Certainly. So it's not just pitching, pitching, pitching. Not and just, you also had a bullpen that was not exactly glorious either. So it's not just, I realize that could be under pitching, pitching, pitching. That's the thing. I just went into it last year going, I guess, I don't know. I just don't, I feel like the strategy is hope. But they got to sell it because they need people to come in. But now it's like, now we really got to sell it because we need people to come in because there's uncertainty on the television thing. Unless Amazon is the great elixir, but that might fix it from the Cardinal standpoint, but it might not fix it from the fan standpoint. You know what I mean? To play devil's advocate here. Oh, good. Look at you. Is the strategy of hope not the best possible strategy given all of the context? I don't even care what you say after this. The answer to that is no. But given what LA has spent and done in the offseason. You're talking about the strategy for the... For for the Cardinals in 2024. No, see, I don't even think it's really hope. I think it's let's, let's get through this. I think that, like, if you were to go, like, in a board meeting where everybody signed an NDA, uh-huh. I think, which, by the way, I keep saying with regard to the Cardinal offseason, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Because I'm operating on the premise that they have some uncertainty. Substantial uncertainty. Not like, hope Goldschmidt holds up uncertainty. Because both Goldschmidt and Arnado had a precipitous decline last year, and I don't feel like that's getting that much attention because we're hoping yeah. it was an outlier all while internally being aware they're getting older. I mean, Goldschmidt more so than Arnauto, but it's still real. Mm-hmm. I view this through such a different lens that if I were in their spot thinking I know what's going on and not really knowing what's going on, I'd go, man, you're in a spot here. And yes, you have the Dodger situation and you have a, a Braves team that's ridiculously talented and cost-controlled from a position player standpoint, but still, that doesn't impact you in the National League Central. So... I view it as we got to get through this. We got to get through this odd year. And I keep going back to, and I really believe this. And I don't know if I'll ever really get the answer. And I understand why I wouldn't, but that if they had true stability with the television revenue, they would have unloaded at least one of, if not both of Goldschmidt and Arnado last July. I really believe that. I don't disagree with that. But because they can't risk the dollars at the turnstiles, they have to, in their minds, I disagree. I think Cardinal fans would, I think, I mean, sure, some would complain, but overall would love to see for the first time ever in the DeWitt ownership group, a youth movement um, and see these players develop and kind of know it's probably not going to happen this year, but here is a young core and we are now going to build the model that we need to in order to succeed all while we transition with this television situation. And I just think it's the lack of transparency and perhaps talking to fans like their equals, not, maybe not talking down to them, that have hurt the Cardinals and the growing gap between the fan base's trust and the organization. So that's where I am on it. Question number three. Uh, how do you currently feel about the state of the franchise? This is the question I'm most intrigued by. Very optimistic, fairly optimistic, neutral, fairly pessimistic, very pessimistic. Jackson, where are you? I don't like the like I I think I would lean more neutral, but I don't think that's like a that's I know, like, that's I think not. I think it's exactly what I was thinking. I understand why you put it there, but but it's not like because you can't like to it's, be because it's gonna it's probably gonna win or yeah. pessimistic. Yeah, I'll go fairly optimistic if because I'm kind of take neutral out of it and pick between fairly pessimistic and fairly optimistic. I'll pick optimistic because I just I cannot believe that guys like Goldie and Arenado have seasons like they did last well, you're year. You're talking short term. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. 
And I can't think that guys like Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, and Nolan Gorman won't develop significantly. So I would call myself fairly optimistic because okay. I think last year was like worst case scenario in almost every department. And I don't think that could happen again. Okay. I'm not saying it can't happen again. I don't think it will happen again. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I guess when I, the state of the franchise, I, I understand how you approach the question. I'm certainly not saying it's wrong. You're looking more macro. Yeah, yeah I'm just looking big picture. Yeah, I get that. Because uh, this coming year, if I had to like bet on a team to win the Central, the Cardinals would be probably the team I would bet on. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we've said, and I said this on TMA and people understood what I was saying, I know I said it on Balloon Party, I, I would sooner bet on the Cardinals to win the World Series and I, there's, I wouldn't bet that the Cardinals have the best record in National League or baseball. I mean, just, but I could see them in the World Series. I don't expect it. I just, there's no, I just don't see a scenario in which they have the best record in baseball. It's, this is not, I mean, something, I don't even know how it could happen, but you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So therefore, then you have to operate on these outliers of craziness in October, which Cardinal fans have been the beneficiaries of, and we've on, been on yeah. the other side of it. Right. Um, as far as the state of the franchise, I take that to mean more like next three to five years. Okay. And I'm concerned. And I'm not concerned because I'm hosting a talk radio show and negativity gets activity. That's not, I don't really care, as you know, because mm-hmm. you're privy to my finances. Uh, I just, I, it's my honest assessment of it because I think you have a, a real potential situation with the television thing that can impact the financial ability of the franchise to acquire players and then solve problems with short-term needs, even if you do have Wynn, Walker, Gorman, Newt Bar mm-hmm. emerge and go, okay, well, now we need pitching. We might be in a spot here. And again, if the franchise wasn't concerned, you would have more than two players under contract behind 2026. Yeah. So if you doubt that, they're telling you exactly what their thought process is by the fact that no one is under contract beyond 2026. And I think if they'd like to have it back, I'm sure they would love to not have Wilson Contreras under contract for as long as they have him. Not because he's a bad guy or he's a bad player or anything like that, just because it's a deal that when it's all said and done, I think they would have rather have had Sean Murphy, and now they've got him under contract and not necessarily a pitcher uh, beyond 2026 that they feel like can be an ace. So with that all established, that's where I'm coming from. If you look at it from the micro standpoint of this year, yeah, I could see him winning the division. Mm-hmm. I really could. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I think I might bet that. But as far as uh, the long term, I'm concerned. I, I, but, but so much of that can be put to rest if the television situation is is remedied. Yeah. I just think it's such a huge thing. 1029 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. What are your thoughts on that a- answer to that question? 314-399-9646. Just put it in. Very optimistic, fairly optimistic, neutral, fairly pessimistic, or very pessimistic. I can't wait to browse through the Air Comfort Service text line and see what people are saying. We continue with the Bloom Party and the Cardinal Fan Survey next here on 101 ESPN. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Jackson Burkett is hosting the Takeoff Tuesday or Tuesday Takeoff? Takeoff Tuesday. Takeoff Tuesday. All right. And uh, maybe this wasn't the plan. I don't know. I know it was the first question. This Cardinal fan survey on The Athletic, which has me on peak curiosity. And I'm not peeking at it during the commercial break. So I'm, I'm learning along with you. But I did ask the audience to text in their answers to this uh, question that we just asked for those of you just joining us. It's a Katie Wu's fan survey on the Athletic uh, website and app, theathletic.com. Uh, how do you feel about the state of the franchise? Very optimistic, fairly optimistic, neutral, fairly pessimistic, very pessimistic. Jackson, how would you characterize the responses that came in the Air Comfort Service text line here on the Munganass St. Louis Acura Munganass Burkhardt Alton Toyota balloon party? You know, fairly split, but I would say if I had to say one way or another, the the text line seems to be more pessimistic than optimistic. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, but fairly split. You know, there is a there is a healthy amount of both. I I don't know if I would go with fairly split, but it but uh, there is certainly some optimism. Then you have some like this. The Cardinals are fleecing this city. The media is turning. Oh. This is Merlin Oakville. I apologize. Uh, the media is turning a blind eye to their tyranny and going on vacation. Jackson, it sounds like he's talking to you. Well, you know, what are you going to do? I never take a vacation and think those that do are weak. Don't worry about the money to spend it, bow tie. Quit trying to be friends with them to get free tickets and do something, you frauds. That's from Merlin. He's in Oakville. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. It's tough. Yeah, look in the mirror. Are you still going to go to Scottsdale on Thursday? Yeah, that won't change it, but I'll be more self-aware about it. I'm very pessimistic. They learned nothing from last year. They've had no direction as a franchise for almost 10 years. The only good moves they've made that haven't blown up in their face were Goldie and Arnado falling into their laps. That's from the 618. Uh, let's see. I'm totally optimistic, but that's only because the rest of the Central didn't do squat. That's from the 573. That's a fair response. I, if you Again, if you're viewing it through the we stay in the franchise time. for 2024. Yeah. Right. And I get that. I'm not saying that that's the wrong way to view it. I just take that as meaning like state of the franchise. And so I take that as a bigger picture thing and also more than just the baseball side of the organization. All right. With that said, let's carry on to the next one. How would you rate the job Bill with Jr. has done in his tenure as owner? This will be a moment of disparity between me and the audience, I imagine. Excellent, above average, average, below average, poor. Jackson, your answer. I mean, I think it has to. I, you got to look at the whole scope of it, and I. It'd be tough for me to hear an argument other than excellent. I really, I'm honest. You're about to probably hear a lot of arguments other than excellent, but for me, I am in lockstep with you, and mm-hmm. I think that he will go down as. I mean, for my lifetime anyway, the best owner in St. Louis sports, and I. It's kind of one of those things where I don't know if people realize what we got until it's gone. A hundred, a hundred. I grew up from like the moment I started watching sports with a World Series champion team, multiple time pennant winners, always competitive, almost always in the playoffs. One of the greatest baseball players in the history of the game who had his 700th home run when I was 24 years old and I was watching him when I was four years old. Like that is, 
Uh, there, go go ask fans in Baltimore and Seattle like what they would do for the delightful the Peter Angelo's family, right? Like, imagine like if you're a fan of I you know a lesser team in a similar market who has done a Pirates fan, and you put the resume that Bill DeWitt's put together in front of a Pirates fan and asked, "Do you think this would be an excellent run?" I mean, it's crazy. So it's all about perspective and looking at it. I think Bill DeWitt Jr. has done an excellent job. The entire uh, DeWitt family. How would you uh, answer that question? 314-399-9646. Uh, and you, of course, can participate in the YouTube chat where 134 people are talking it over right now. But uh, Jackson and I are on uh, the same page in a major way on that one. How would you rate the job John Mazalak has done in his tenure as president of baseball operations? Excellent, above average, average, below average, poor. This one's a little tougher. This one's a little tougher. I will say above average. I'll say above average. Wow. Above yeah. average. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, you know, World Series and a pennant. Like again. I understand that. Uh, and hey, you know, I, I, we don't we don't opinion shame. No. On this show, we don't kink shame, but we don't opinion shame, and we're pro liberty, and we also are advocates of truth. Yeah, boy, ain't that the, ain't that the truth? Nice. Uh, I would say if you were to go the first eight, nine years of the tenure, I would say um, excellent, actually. And then if you look at the last 2016 to present day, it would be below average. Um, And because I I think some people immediately go poor. It's like a default click thing. DeWallet, you know, he hoards money. And I go, well, you know, they, they, they had to, you know, invest a lot of their own money to build that stadium. And you may or may not like Ballpark Village, but that was the vision of the organization. And then we get to the success on the field. Uh, with regard to Mazalock, you may not like 2016 to present day, not including, you know, when he took over for Walt Jockety. Uh, but they did, you know, go to the NLCS in 2019. I They could have won the World Series in 2020. I don't know if I'd be jumping up and down about it. They did go to the playoffs in 2020. I think everybody did. I don't remember. 2021, they had the winning streak to get them in the playoffs. 2022, they won the division. And uh, and then last year, absolute dumpster fire. So to say it's poor, I would disagree. I think, I think they had an opportunity to do more with what they've had. And I think if this era of Arenado and Goldschmidt ends with essentially nothing no in the playoffs, oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, that will be looked at as a big miss. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the reasons for the miss, to me, that's why I sing with Ali Marmol. People might not like Ali Marmol. I guess a lot of people may not like Ali Marmol. I don't know on that. I'm talking fans, because I think the players do. Um, most of the players, I think, do. Uh, and I'm just thinking O'Neal's being the glaring example, and he's not a part of the Cardinals anyway anymore. But uh, if, I, if you're going to blame last year's failure on roster construction, then I don't know how then you can blame it on Ali Marmol as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you can't. Feel free to do right. so because we don't opinion shame. But it just strikes me as it, it kind of has to be more one or the other than than both. And I just feel like people are so pissed, they're just spraying, you know, opinion bullets in every direction. So with that established, I, th- I would rate the DeWitt ownership is excellent. And the Mazalak uh, overall, it would be average because the first eight years were e- excellent. Mm-hmm. And then the last five or six or seven have been below average. I mean, we got a lot of misses we're talking about here. A lot, a lot, especially dating back to right around that time. Um, 
and I do think, I think anytime you have a conversation about the last decade of Cardinal baseball, it's important to include they lost a player who is going to be, in their minds, the cornerstone of the franchise and Oscar Tavares. Yeah. So that then triggered Jason Hayward, which then triggered going, oh, that isn't working out, traded Shelby Miller. Now we're going to have to go to the free agent market. He doesn't want to come back here, even though we offered him more than the Cubs did. We want Adam Eaton, not to say that that would have been the end-all, be-all. Oh, he does. He went for way more than we were willing to pay, not dollars-wise, commodity-wise. So let's go to Dexter Fowler. And that... That's a move that, that hits and hurts when Still he doesn't. The he, when, then that's what I'm saying. So there's these domino effects of missing. And then when we went with Christian Yelich, and to their credit, they identified him. Couldn't get him. Wanted Stanton. I'm glad that didn't work out. Sure. Okay, we'll do Ozuna. And we're already planning on trading Gallon and on Contra. Oh, my goodness. And you just see some of these things that have taken place, much less when you get into the Brett Cecils of the world and the Cardinals having some, you know, Seasons in which you go, what was the what was the off season plan there? I just for the life of me, I don't understand it. With that all established, he's not he's not the king down there, you know. Yeah. I mean, so he also has to 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 listen to someone. I just think the organization as a whole uh, is in a spot, and I think that they're in a tough spot that, that for whatever reason they've elected to not necessarily talk about. And I'm not necessarily sure why that is, but. Uh, I think it would help if there was more transparency there. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You know, Jackson, you were so excited about this takeoff Tuesday, and all I've been doing is reading Katie Wu's fan survey on The Athletic. But that means you have five other questions, and we're... We only have 12 minutes left in the show. What else did you have prepared? Sure. I can read that for you, Tim. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. That's a delay tactic sign. Bum, bum, bum. Still going. Today is the 24th anniversary of the Rams winning their first and only oh, Super Bowl in St. Louis. January 30th, 2000. Rams, Titans at the Georgia Dome. Yes, sir. As we look back more than two decades at that wonderful day, do you think... St. Louis sports fans look back at that with the same reverence they did, say, a decade ago. Do you think the team moving has clouded or diluted people's appreciation for an awesome team and an awesome snapshot in St. Louis sports history? Um, it's, it's, it's kind of how I view uh, 1998 and Mark McGuire. I, I absolutely do not look at it with the same fondness. Mm-hmm. The Mark McGuire one, I kind of feel like I was at wrestling at the chase. And the Rams one, it brings me sadness. So that's like the first emotion when you think back sadness. to sadness. Sadness, yeah. yeah. I went to that game against the Buccaneers with my father. I was doing television at Little Rock at the time, and so I took that week off. Just like, well, they're going to beat the Buccaneers, and I just want to be in St. Louis, not Atlanta, in St. Louis to experience what it's going to be like the week in between, because at that time there was only a week for whatever reason. Some years there were two weeks. That year there was only a week in between the NFC Championship, AFC Championship, and the Super Bowl. And then I'm sitting in the dome going, oh my God, they're going to lose. What am I going to do with the rest of this week in St. Louis? Um, and and what it's like to have an NFL team. Yeah, And, and it's not just that you have an NFL team. It's a... It's a confidence thing. It's a pride thing for your region. It, 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 you know, you might not like to hear it. Don't 
really care. This is how I feel. And I might be wrong, but you know, you don't have an NFL team. You're probably not in a big time city. It's the truth. So that sucks. And the shame of it is, is that then becomes, oh, then St. Louis is, is falling apart. And in some areas, I would agree that it is. The thing that really bothers me anytime the topic comes up is what really was about who had the owner with the liquidity to privately finance a stadium in Los Angeles then unfairly became a narrative and a referendum on the fans of St. Louis when in reality, if Dean Spanos was as liquid as Crocky, Dean Spanos would have been the guy who's got the uh, SoFi Stadium under his name and not as a tenant of Stan Kroenke's. So that part pisses me off. But it just makes me sad. I mean, in particular, in 2000, the Blues won the President's Trophy, albeit losing in the first round of the playoffs to the Sharks, and the Cardinals won the division, and the Rams had a great offense with a terrible defense. So you just look at where it was, and then I look at what it is now, and I know you don't have that because you were two, and so you can't recall it, but I know it. I was doing television at that time, and I know how great it was. And it, it truly, you know, it can be a downer. Don't really give a damn. It's, it's, it's an honest emotion. That's, that's what I think of. It, 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 so I used to look at those highlights. If it were being shown on the NFL Network, I would watch it. And now I see it, and maybe I'll watch it, but it just, it's, yeah. there's like a little bit of nausea that pops up in my esophagus when I see it. Yeah, it's, it's impossible to look back on it without thinking of all of the scars that came less than... 20 years later when they, and it's not even just the move, like the lead up to it, the shadiness all around it. And it really sucks because that's such an awesome team. It's such a great moment in St. Louis sports history, as you just mentioned with the blues being really good at the time and the Cardinals being really good at the time. It's like, all right, St. Louis, the great sports city. We all know it is, is finally like, you know, we're going to get a Super Bowl. The Rams just moved here. It's like, it's great. And then you look now 24 years later and we are staring down a, a real downtime in sports when the Blues go on the All-Star break. And it is, it's a shame. It really is a shame because this town loves sports. It embraces sports. And it's just a combination of a lot of factors lead, led to where we are now. Right. But, I, you know, I, it, I look at it more from the state of the region mm-hmm. perspective then because every market's got great sports fans some are going to be more passionate because of the the area being more you know provincial for lack of better term mm-hmm. um and other markets are going to be more transient certainly where people are moving to now because of weather uh that doesn't mean that they grew up as say like an atlanta fan sure. you know or south florida you know jacksonville tampa bay take your pick of whatever it might be so that cuts both ways but it didn't have to be this way. It didn't have to be this way. And maybe it, it makes it easier to put your head on the pillow at night to just blame Stan Kroenke for all the problems. But these are problems that began well before Stan Kroenke was even part of the equation in St. Louis and its NFL story. And a lot of those are self-inflicted. And so then when I see other things going on in present day and a lack of leadership, lack of competent leadership, uh, lack of courageous leadership, uh, a style of leadership that's geared towards a a section of the population as opposed to uh, sacrificing for the greater good, um, that doesn't give me great optimism for the future. And so as a lifelong St. Louisan, um, that's the the part that makes me sad, Mm -hmm. that part, because 
I'm still, I still can recall my reaction when McGuire's ball snuck over the wall on September 8th of 98. And I can still recall my falling on the floor in joy when Mike Jones made the tackle on January 30th, 2000. What makes me sad is um, that knowing what has happened since then takes away the significance for them. And specific to the NFL, it's just something that I don't think my children, and if you have children yourself, are going to experience. And, um, you know, that's, that's just being honest. It, 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 it makes me sad. And yeah. People can spin it and go, no, it's great. We got the Battle Hawks and we got City. And if that fills your void, then God bless America. I, I admire you, really. Um, but from my standpoint, this is a market that without question, from a fan standpoint, would be a ridiculous NFL market. And I'm talking about an atmosphere that would be incredible. It sounds like revisionist history. It sounds like a convenient conversation after the fact, but I lived it. What might blow you away to hear, it is the truth. I lived it without question in September of 2000. Cardinals were about to win the division. Rams are playing football, Blues are starting up, and they're coming off a year in which they won the President's Trophy and a year in which they would wind up going to the Western Conference Finals in May of 2001. The Rams were the lead, and it was not a question. Now, that, that, that goes against the, oh, St. Louis to baseball town, the convenient national narrative to discard St. Louis as a football town. Um, it would be a lot more pleasant if it was like, well, Stan, St. Louis didn't do anything wrong. It was just a case of Kroenke could privately finance it, and we didn't want the other two guys. One couldn't afford it. The other guy couldn't be the face of the L.A. return. And St. Louis left themselves open with the out and the claws, and Stan went. And that's the reason. But it's not about St. Louis. It's about the guy who owned the franchise. So that part, I think, is the, is, is the knife. The body was already dead. It's like they started stomping on it, though, on the way out the door. Totally. That part pisses me off. Um, it, but it it becomes a referendum on St. Louis as a football city and or as a market, and that that irritates me because it's not rooted in truth. The truth is the owner of the team was financially flush enough to build a stadium in Los Angeles. And if this could have been, God, I don't know, Charlotte and the Carolina Panthers, and if you would have had that situation where he had an out and he could have moved the team and he was flush and he could move and build a stadium in Los Angeles, it would have been the Panthers. But that wouldn't have meant the fans of Charlotte are bad football fans. Right. It, but that became the narrative because we got to justify what was a straight business decision. And so now we got to make it look like the fans of St. Louis are bad fans. And that part is just flat out inaccurate and, and, and it pisses me off. Uh, 1057 in St. Louis. Jackson, do you have time for another one? Uh, uh, quick hitter. Okay, quick hitter. What do we got? Quick hitter. I like a quick hitter. Um, today, Tim, you may know this as January 30th, 2024. It's the 94th birthday of one of my heroes, the great Gene Hackman. Oh, Yes. Great Gene, I saw Coach him. Norman Dale. Bingo. We'll lead right into it. Hackman famously portrayed head coach Norman Dale in 1986's sports drama Hoosiers in a powerhouse performance that has lasted the test of time. My question to you, in honor of Gene, as well as your favorite acting performance in a sports movie. Wow. All right. I'm going to buy Not time your and favorite go to sports you. movie, but your favorite acting performance no, I get in it. a sports movie. I get it. I get it. I, I mean, you are the you are the owner and proprietor of GoodOrBad.com, and I am the majority shareholder. And I'm thinking about having an emergency board of directors meeting, by yeah. the way, because I feel like it's time that we have a monetization strategy for this sure. this entity. 
But with that established, what would yours be? Because it might be the right answer. I think that there would be, and I don't like saying declarative statements like this because it's obviously opinion and subjective, but I don't think you could give me a better answer than Robert De Niro and Raging Bull. Mm. But I will say my dark horse answer, and it's very nuanced, Philip Seymour Hoffman as Art Howe in Moneyball. Boy, I got to tell you, it's probably not going to play well in the Air Comfort Service text line, but when you bring it up, it really is. Because it's so different than Philip Seymour Hoffman's rest of his career as a character actor. Like, to take that role as, like, kind of a nothing role and turn it the way he did, I love PSH as our how. All right, I just, I, I cheated and I just typed in best performance in a sports movie just so I can give the audience some, and potentially myself, some ideas. Ooh, nice to see Dolph Lundgren come in at 15 Yeah, is Drago. You know, uh, uh, Dennis Hopper in, in Hoosiers is a great call, shooter. That's a nice play. Yeah, uh, Kind of surprised to see James Vanderbeek as Max in Varsity Blues coming at 14. I'm starting to wonder about my sourcing here. Paul Newman. Yeah, slap shot. Slap shot. It's a classic. Uh, Al Pacino, Coach Tony D'Amato, any mm-hmm. given Sunday. I bet you don't like that movie. It's not my favorite. Willie Beeman. Uh, Kevin Costner, Crash Davis, Bull Durham. Great one. Michael B. Jordan is Adonis Creed. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Brad Pitt, Billy Bean, Moneyball. Great performance. Uh, Gina Davis is Dottie Hinson, A League of Their Own. Really good. Yeah. Carl Weathers is Apollo Creed in the Rocky franchise. I like that play. Classic, man. I really like that Carl play. Carl Weathers is, he's doing a lot, but he's perfect for that. I have to tell you, I, did, I wasn't thinking of that one. I like that Tom, you call him Tom Hank? Tom Hank, League of Their Own. As Chami, uh, Jimmy Dugan. Why I called him Chami. Tommy, we're going to have to do a 30 for 30 on that. I don't have the answer. Christian Bale is Dickie Eklund in The oh, Fighter. Fighter. Great. Will Smith is Ali. Yep. Uh, top three, Denzel Washington as Herman Boone and Remember the Titans. Sean Astin as Rudy. And finally, Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa. Jackson's shaking his head, and he does not like the answer. He uh, does not like the answer. Not uh, not trying to take away from any of those gentlemen and their performances, but to not put De Niro in Raging Bull is crazy. I, I get the sense that this might be written by a younger person. That's fine. That's fine. It's, I, it's I a brutal. It I mean, it's not like a fun movie to like fire up, but mm-hmm. it's it's acting school in two hours. I like Kurt Russell and Miracle. Somebody has texted Good that in. Good call. Really big fan of that. Yeah. That's a movie. Oh, you don't like it. No. no I, and I, heard, I heard it. You, yeah. I caught it. It's 1101 or else I have more All takes. All right. There we go. We got BK and Ferrario coming up for Jackson Burkett. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.